Welcome to the Wellness and Wahala podcast. So you all, I have a very special honorable VIP member and guest today. He is a frontline hero, a neurologist and emergency medicine doctor, Dr. Benedict Idou. And he is a medical professional in the specialty of neurology. So for those of you that don't know what neurology is, it's the area of medicine that deals with the diagnosis and treatment of disease of the brain and the nervous system. He's a successfully trained, American-trained medical doctor, of course, also Nigerian. I'm Dr. Benedict Ikundayo Idowu. Over to you, Saf. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, Dr. Tommy. Uh, Certainly, I appreciate you getting me on your program. I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us um, more about yourself. You know, you have a very long bio, but I always tell people it's better to hear it first, you know, from the person that has the experience. So I want you to to tell us more about your experience. You have over four decades, 40 years in the field of medicine and neurology. So can you talk more about that, your background? I know you're a family man, a father you know, and also a grandfather. So over to you, sir. Okay, thank you very much. Well, um, I don't know how much time we have. I can give you the short version (laughs) uh, or I can give you the long version. Which one do you want? Or I can give you the medium version. (laughs) Anyone, anyone. I know that your your experience is is too plenty for us to even have on the show. It's plenty, plenty, but at least give us a a great snapshot, sir. That that is too kind of you. Anyway, my my journey actually be, began uh, way back in the 60s. I was born in 1958. In, ah, uh, nice. Yeah, 1958. Uh, in, uh, in a town called Jos in the northern part of Nigeria. Yes, uh, Plateau State. Plateau <laughs> State, exactly. And uh, my growing up was, uh, I was in Pangshin. Pangshin is about... Um, 70, 70 to 75 to, to 78 miles away from uh, from Jos. So most of my growing up was in that small town of Pangshin. And it is truly Pangshin and some other factors in life that made me who, uh, the person that I am today. Um, uh, in terms of growing up, I went to elementary school in Pangshin and I uh, left Pangshin I uh, went to secondary school first in Aginobode and then in Benin uh, City. And after that, I left and came to the United States. Nice. Oh, my now, goodness. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in terms of my background, um, I trained in the, the medical uh, specialty of uh, neurology. I'm a... I'm an osteopathic physician by training, uh, as opposed to allopathic. The, the osteopath is a physician with an initial D or doctor of osteopathy, uh, and then uh, the allopath is the MD. Uh, both trainings are identical. However, the DO has uh, the additional training that uh, uh, emphasizes the relationship between um, anatomy and function. The philosophy in uh, osteopathic, osteopathic medicine is that when you when you mess mess up with the anatomy, you are also going to mess up with the function. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
So that's something we can go into in detail later. later. But anyway, uh, so I was trained in both uh, allopathic uh, uh, medical training and in osteopathic medical training. Okay. So that is that is great. You're a great subject matter expert on this issue. Um, and I know that this is something that really affects the African community and also the African-American um, community when you're thinking about things like epilepsy, stroke, you know, headaches, neuropathy, uh, migraines. It affects our community a lot. So I'm really happy, you know, that we have experts like you um, on the front line really tackling um, this issue. So uh, my first question, Sa, is can you tell us about your journey to becoming a neurologist, a doctor? You just said that you grew up in a small village in Joss Plateau State. I'm a former U.S. government diplomat. I worked with the CDC. I did a lot of site visits, and I love Plateau State because of the nice weather, you know, <laughs> in Joss. Yes, yes, uh, I, I'm a little prejudiced with that. I'm an environment, but if you ask me where should where should you go to live in Nigeria? I'll tell you just. Yes, yes. Even, even though I'm an Abekuta man, uh, I'm from, my father is from the southern part of Nigeria, from the western part, uh, from the town called Abekuta. My mother is uh, from the uh, Middle East. She's from a town called Ajenabode. Okay. But anyway, anyway, it all started back in, uh, back in the 60s when I was attending elementary school in Pangshin. Back then, I would uh, accompany my mother to the hospital. She was uh, uh, a nurse practitioner back then, and I would watch her interact with her patients. And I was really, uh, I had a, it, it gave a, a great impression upon me the way how, um, how appreciative her patients were, how happy they were to see her. Mm-hmm. And that's where my foundation started, you know. Um, I made it a point uh, to find out exactly what it is that she's doing for these people that's making them so happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, when I decided I was going to go into medicine, I was influenced by events that happened around that time when I was growing up. I had a friend who had seizure disorder. Back then, we didn't know what seizure disorder was. At least, I did not know what it was. We were, uh, growing up, we were under the impression that seizures are kind of spiritual assault on on, on human beings, you know, mm-hmm. something that comes from evil spirits. Mm-hmm. So much so that uh, back then, when someone has a seizure, had a seizure, uh, people would run to the side and sprinkle ashes on the ground in that area uh, in the belief that uh, if you if you step on that area before the ashes were sprinkled, you are going to come down with seizures. But anyway, <laughs> I talked to my mom about it and she told me that was uh, not the case, you know. Yeah. And uh, she kind of, uh, uh, then I asked her, so uh, can this be treated? She told me then that uh, she looked at me and said, well, there's no treatment, but you maybe you can find a treatment. So my curiosity kind of started back then. So I left elementary school. I wasn't doing well in elementary school, and she was concerned about that. And so she talked to one of my uncles who sent for me 
he was then a headmaster in Ajinobode. I uh, came down to Ajinobode and uh, he put me under his tutorial. I had an aunt also who was a school teacher in Ajinobode. She too uh, contributed in uh, my tutorial back then. And uh, I was transferred from that elementary school at the, at the uh, uh, when I was ready to go, go into secondary school. And my first secondary school was at, at, at St. Peter's Grammar School, where I went and spent one year. And another aunt decided I should be in ICC, Immaculate Conception College in, in Benin City, which oh. was a much, a much bigger school, uh, a much um, advanced school so to speak. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I wound up going to uh, some um, ICC and stayed with uh, my uncle, Uncle Jerome. And uh, uh, I stayed with him briefly until my aunt, Aunt Celestina, was able to uh, find a place for me at her own uh, residence. She was then li- living in uh within the premises of a secondary school where she was the uh, principal. So I stayed with her throughout the time that I was in Benin City for my secondary school education. And at the end of that, I left for the United States in 1978, December of uh, 1978. Nice. For, yeah, for a school for, for my university training at Dillard University initially, and then LSU, um, after I did pre-med at L- uh, Dillard, after completing pre-med at Dillard, I could not get into med school. So instead of hanging around doing nothing, I decided to get into a program uh, that is today called respiratory therapy. So oh. I, yeah, so I, I I went to LSU in uh, New Orleans for that training. I finished and became a respiratory therapist. Uh, but I still had the burning sensation, the burning uh, desire to become a physician, because when I left Nigeria to come to the United States, I I came to become a physician. Mm-hmm. Uh, and each time I would tell my wife that I'm not happy with what I was doing, which is being a respiratory therapist, uh, she would tell me, "But uh, it's paying the bills." I said, "No, it's not <laughs> about the bills. <laughs> it's not about the bills. It's about what I want to do." Your but passion, anyway, yes. Absolutely. So I wound up um, uh, working as a respiratory therapist while still trying to get into school. Uh, back then, um, I did not know anything about a DO school. Um, so I wound up going, I wound up being admitted to an MD school in the Caribbean. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I spent uh, a semester in the Caribbean. But while which, I was Which there, Caribbean country? Which Caribbean uh, island? St. Lucia. Okay, okay. St. Lucia. Uh, I was briefly at St. Lucia and then I transferred from St. Lucia to Grenada. Okay. Uh, and then while I was at Grenada, I got admitted into a DO school here in the U.S. So I came back to the U.S. and attended the DO school in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, upon graduation, I moved back to the south, southern part of uh, the United States, where I had gone to uh, university, okay. um, and that that time was uh, uh, was New Orleans. So I came back to New Orleans and uh, did my residency at Tulane. Upon completing my residency, uh, I started a practice back in 1970, 
and um, in uh, private practice ever since. That that is excellent journey. Um, one of the things I wanted to highlight is just the power of the village. So you said, you know, you started your journey in in Plateau State, but then you had relatives, you know, aunties and uncles. My mom is actually have been in Yoruba, so it's similar journeys. And then. You know, you had your aunts and uncles that were able to support you. You went to Bini. Then when you came to the U.S., you weren't distracted. You started, you know, you couldn't get in on time. You did respiratory program. My mom's actually a respiratory, a retired respiratory therapist. Wow. So, so you know, and and of course, that's not what she set out to study when she first um, 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 came here. So I always tell people, you know, in, in this journey of life, we face a lot of wahalas and detours. But, you know, you have to stay focused and you knew your destiny, you knew your passion. And, you know, it took you from Nigeria to the U.S., you know, to the Caribbean, about two islands back to the U.S. Um, and you still came out, you know, <laughs> as a top neurologist and emergency medicine doctor. So I don't want to to let that message go, you know, and that's one of the names of and why I get, you know, honorable subject matter experts and VIP guests like you, you know, because on, on your pathway to wellness and in your career, you know, you faced a lot of wahala um, in life. That's for sure. On any journey that you get, um, especially, you know, you have a dream, you have a destiny. And I always tell people, nobody, you know, if God gives you a dream, nobody sees that dream, you know, but you, so you have to continue to ignite it and, you know, and, and, and make sure that you 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 implement it and you bring it, um, you know, into and into um, fruition. Fruition, you understand that. So that journey is is really a spectacular journey um, because it's really really not easy, um, especially a Yoruba man growing up in the north. If many of my listeners, the northern part of Nigeria is is mostly um, you know Hausa Fulani is a different tribe different languages you probably speak multiple languages <laughs> and i think yeah. i certainly do i said as a matter of fact i speak house more fluently than i speak my own yoruba language you see? I, can, uh-huh, I can sing in uh, four different nigerian languages wow wow see sanu sanu <laughs> not yeah, go I, day. I know i know a little not go day. thank you thank you <laughs> let, let, let me sing you a song in the house uh, Okay. How about that? Oh my goodness, that is wonderful. Please translate for those that don't know how Usa. Okay. Okay. What that that what that song is saying is that um in other words. As long as I'm awake and alert, I will not marry someone who is very hairy. So this is a young woman singing about the kind of person that she wants to marry. She is not going to marry someone who is who who, who is hairy all over, like you know, <laughs> yeah. like a gorilla, you know. Yeah. See, so that so that is wonderful, and I think that you know, of course, you being in the Caribbean, you know, you were here. They have their own, you know, broken English patois. So my my last diplomatic post, 
I was posted to Jamaica for a year and I know that they had a lot of Nigerian medical students there. So it's not just, you know, I'm sure you know Nigerian pigeon too because you stayed in that dose state. <laughs> Absolutely. 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 So, so those are, I think, are the benefits of your very, you know, I would say complicated journey, but a very, you know, I think rewarding journey because I, I believe nothing in life, you know, comes easy, you know, um, that is good. You know, usually when you take the easy path, it usually ends in destruction. So, <laughs> so that it's is better. True. Yeah, that is true. It's, it's better to, you know, to stay focused um, and your journey, I think, is very um, you know, admirable and empowering. But you know, we're in the midst of this COVID-19 Wahala pandemic, and a lot of people have lost their jobs. Unemployment rate continues to rise in Nigeria and here. Now we have a new variant. You know, we still haven't even tackled the surge of the Delta variant. So a lot of people, you know, in our culture, we say a lot of people, they suffer and smile. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're really suffering. Yeah, they're really suffering and smiling. But what can what type of tips can you give those that are going through similar, you know, wahala and journeys? They have a vision, they have a dream, you know, but 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 they haven't reached it yet. And and um, you know, they're going through a lot of wahala challenges. One of the challenges when I read your background was a time when you visited Nigeria, they refused you for visa to return back to the US and the embassy and you know, you you went through a lot of wahala. So what are your tips on trying to tell people to st- stay focused? What are the things that helped you, you know? Um, did you have a village of supporters? What tools, what tips can you can you give those that are, are facing a lot of wahala um, in this season? Over to you, sir. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Tony. That is a very, very good question. And um, I guess I, I, I want to start by saying that there are three very important factors you know that come into play uh for anyone to succeed under any condition the first one is faith you know mm-hmm. you have to have faith you have to have faith you have to believe in yourself you have to believe in a god that's out there looking out for you all the time mm-hmm. you know? the second one is hard work and determination you have to be hard working nothing is easy Nothing good comes easy. Nothing good comes easy. If you take the shortcut, just like you mentioned earlier, if you take the shortcut, it's not going to take you anywhere. Uh-uh. Anything that takes time to make, it's usually better than something that doesn't take time to make. Uh, the third factor is personal integrity. Uh-huh. I believe, I believe that you know, when you have personal in- integrity. You're going to have honesty. Um, when you have honesty, you're going to have humility. Yes. When you have humility, you're going to have focus, you know. So that focus allows you to be focused on your objective. You have to have an objective uh, or goals, you know. Yes. I, I remember when I told my parents uh, that I was, I was married. Remember, uh, my parents sent me here to go to school to become a, a physician. Uh-huh. And I was in college. I was at Dillard University in, in New Orleans when I decided without telling them to get married. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine 
how you they told felt. Nigerian parents. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when I told them I was married, at that time I was still a sophomore. Either sophomore or freshman. I, yeah, I was a sophomore in, in, in college. So my father said, there goes uh, the physician. There goes, uh, there goes the doctor. Oh, no. His, his, his concern was, how can you be married and become a physician? Yes. It doesn't happen. Uh, then uh, my wife, who I mean, my mother, who was always on my side, uh, uh, told him, Baba, don't worry. The boy is focused. Mm-hmm. So I proved to them that I was really focused. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that is good and at least you know mama you, you you were probably the mama's boy so of course right. mommy mommy will always stick up you know most of the time for her son so it's good <laughs> it's very good um i wanted to also ask you know how does it feel to live in the u.s compared to you know living in nigeria living in the caribbean you know you've been to different regions what do you admire the most here? And what are some of the things that, that you dislike or you miss from living back at home or in the Caribbean island? Because it's, it's a very different environment. Over to you, sir. Okay. Well, for one thing, uh, what I really like about the U.S. system, uh, living here in the U.S., is the honor system, you know, the civility, you know, the civility, the honor system, the fact that, you know, people do what they're supposed to do without being prompted to do it. For example, you go to the bank, people just naturally queue up, you know. Uh, when I visited Nigeria with my kids, the first <laughs> thing my kids were telling me, how come everyone's blowing their horn? What is going on? Mm-hmm. You know, All the cars were blowing their horns at the same time. You know? And uh, we went to the bank, people were rushing to get to the teller. There was no sense of uh, organization, no sense of, uh, there was no discipline whatsoever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's what I like about the U.S., you know, the civility, the honor system, people do what they're supposed to do when they should do it. I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, but it happened most of the time. You know? Yes. Uh, in terms of what I don't like, uh, I'm in the medical field and the one thing I hate the most is people uh, give me the sense of entitlement, you know. Mm. Uh, you know, you come to me suffering and yet you want to dictate to me how <laughs> I help you, you know. Yes. Anyway. I think that, that that's, a, that's a good point. But then, you know, another thing um, that I also noticed and you know I was talking to somebody about health disparities you know in the in the medical system and how a lot of us minorities or or first generation Americans you know migrants they they really have a tough time navigating um the medical system and and, and there's just been a lot of um discrimination and, and disparity gaps you know when compared to to other populations for example so African immigrants but one of the things that um my mom, you know, um, and my dad really empowered us to do is to, you know, to support, you know, just like you said, it takes a village of supporters for all of our family physicians, you know, including even up to now that I have a pediatrician. Whenever I go to a hospital, even if it's the ER, I always ask, do you have a Nigerian doctor? Nigeria is the most populated country 
and black a nation in the world with over 200 million people we're everywhere you know so there's that nowhere true. that you can go to no states no island no village if a nigeria is not there there's a problem you understand <laughs> <laughs> exactly that is true that is so true that is so true that's what i tell people so i ask i'm like okay if i have to see you know like uh you know an orthopedic specialist a gynecologist or anything i first ask you know is there any nigerian doctor you know uh, in in your facility or you know any african american um physician because you actually go the 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 extra mile you pay attention to details for example if i'm traveling back home to nigeria and i need anti malaria you know drugs i tell a typical american doctor they will have no clue they were like what why do you need there's no malaria here you understand i have to explain myself you know they don't have that cultural competency you understand they don't have that global world view so i actually prefer physicians because when you have practice you know and you've seen how it is practicing medicine in developing country compared to here sir so i wanted you to talk about those comparisons and the challenges you know you could be in a surgery in a theater in 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 back at home and you know they take life never take life and you have to use lantern Do you understand in the midst of a surgery versus here, you know, most physicians <laughs> they don't go through a lot of that hardship and they have technology, you know, and, and and they can bring up stuff on the computer if they don't know stuff, no. But you're actually forced to actually go the extra mile um and that's why a lot of miracle surgeries, you know, happen. And of course you said, you know, you, you said that your faith um is 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 one of the things that have held you um in this journey. But I just wanted you to speak on those comparison because I think that that's one of the things that that you also bring to the table because you have seen, you know, and lived and worked and carried this path across three different regions. Um and those regions it is not easy, you know, they have limited resources and you still were able to push through even through starting with respiratory therapy. That is not easy, you know, carrying oxygen machines and doing blood gas and all of that like that you know lung specialists people understand the importance of of respiratory in this in this pandemic because this is a respiratory virus you know covid-19 but you really you know have went through a serious journey and just like you said neurology you know the 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 traditional myth of back at home you see somebody with a seizure they think that is something evil because that's the traditional and cultural thing instead of looking at it from a medical perspective and then you know they it's a stereotype and they start stereotyping people that that are vulnerable and have those those issues so you know i have family members that were hide you know and friends that were hide their relatives that have seizure because they don't want to you know be embarrassed when you know this is a medical issue so so i don't really think that that's fair so i wanted you to talk more about that so a lot of the listeners understand that you know being a physician you know in 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 nigeria is very different here but i believe because that makes you stronger and even more overqualified than your counterparts it, more people should you know request for people like you <laughs> to actually get that service so if i if i if i needed a specialist a neurologist specialist i'm going to look up the top nigerian specialists in the us first and if they, i don't see and then i'll go to the next you know <laughs> so yeah. over to you sir okay well uh it is true that uh, believe me in my own personal experience uh in hospital settings patients will tell you that uh they prefer a foreign physician mm-hmm. than their own uh, american physicians and i believe the reason is because we have 
the compassion. We have been through pain and suffering, so we can easily identify with pain and suffering yeah. uh, than our American counterparts, especially uh, those who um, did not have the the life experience of going through a lot of hardship before getting into medicine. Uh-huh. Uh, I have patients who uh, would uh, look for me or who would ask for me by name, especially like during my residency program when I was a resident. Um, they want to know where I was, uh, how I was doing, and things like that. In terms of the the, the differences, having been to places like the Caribbean, having been born in Nigeria, having been in, in this country, I can appreciate the, the blessings that we have here in this country in terms of medicine. And I, I don't take that for granted. And it makes me uh, want to find a way to get my own people to also enjoy the same type of uh, benefit that uh, my patients here are, are enjoying. Uh, in terms of uh, appreciation, I found, uh, based on my childhood experience, that uh, Nigerian patients were much more appreciative than the than some of the patients, just a few of the patients that I see here. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because of the cultural uh, environment where some people have a sense of entitlement. We're at home, you're glad to have a physician see you. I think that that is a, a very great point, sir. And also, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to get more on that point, you know, for our global listeners. Like in the U.S., I think that we're very blessed. And I can say at times the people are very entitled and spoiled. You know, we have a social welfare system that even if you can't afford health care, you can get, you know, Medicare and Medicaid. You understand that? But back at home, you know that it's cash and carry. You understand? I've seen it where people come to the hospital and because they don't have cash, they even deliver a baby. They'll tell the lady, you can go, but we're not going to give you the baby until you can come back and pay the balance of your bill. So there's there's not a welfare system. So when they do see, you know, um, medical doctors that come, you know, on missions and, and, and they give assistance, they really show appreciation because, you know, sometimes when you're too blessed, it's like when you have children and you overspoil them, you know, they're not going to appreciate you know, your hard work, you still have to, you know, even if you're, we, we work hard for our journey. You, you've been through a lot of <laughs> wahala on your pathway to success and as a hero. So that doesn't mean that you're going to spoil your, your children or your grandchildren. No, you're still going to teach them the ethics of hard work, of faith, of integrity, you know, and, and all of those characteristics that, and tools that you needed to get to where you're at. So I think that that is a very good point, an excellent point that, that you brought up that, you know, and everything, you know, we should be very thankful. America, you know, is a country of, of migrants and it's a land of opportunity. But a lot of times I think the, the typical American takes advantage, especially if they're not exposed, they don't have a passport and they've never been to another country. Some of them have not even <laughs> travel outside their state or travel outside of their region, the East Coast to the West Coast to down South. So, you know, I tell people traveling is also part of learning, you know, meeting new people from different cultures. Um, you, you learn a lot. So, 
you know, I, I thank you for your wealth of experience. I know, you know, you, that's why I said you're, you're one of my heroes. I looked at your background, you know, your journey from Jaws, you know, to the U.S., to the Caribbean and back. That is not easy. You speak multiple languages and you, you're even more, you know, native in Hausa than in your own, you know, your bilingual, which is which is just excellent. You know, that's one of the benefits. Of, of that and you know I was going to ask you you know what are your favorite artists and music you already blessed us you know singing but you know on this journey you know music is very soothing when you're going through a lot of wahala so I wanted to find out some fun facts about you about you know what are your favorite music what is your favorite food you know and do you have like a favorite place to travel I'm sure you've been to, to many nations but you know what would be your your top favorite place to, to go and relax um, after, you know, you take leave from a very busy lifestyle. Over to you, sir. Well, you wouldn't believe it, but uh, my favorite place to visit is my home in Richmond, Texas. That's my favorite place. That's my favorite place. But we have not been traveling uh, uh, lately for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for example, last time we went on a real vacation uh, was maybe... Uh, when I say real vacation, vacation where you actually go outside of country was back in 2005. And then uh, after that, the other time was about uh, a few months ago when I went to visit my my daughter in Houston, in, uh, in Ohio, and then uh, visited my okay. son in, in uh, Florida. Okay. But uh, in terms of music, I like reggae music. I like classical music. Uh, Bob Marley is my hero. I've met him once. And I like Jimmy Cliff. I like... Uh, I like country music a lot. Uh, um, I don't know if you're familiar with someone called Andy Kim. Andy Kim is a country singer. Uh, yes, uh, I like country music too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in terms of food, uh, I like my beans for food much more than anything else. Now that I know what it does for me, you know. African man, beans and fufu. <laughs> Which type of fufu? Bandayam, Abi. Uh, actually, my pandodiam is made from beans flour. It's not made from yam. Okay. Because uh, uh, it has, uh, the, the beans flour has less of carbohydrate. I tend to shy away from the carbohydrate. I stay more with the protein. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, like the, <laughs> I, like, I like the vegetable protein. So uh, I find that uh, beans for food does a lot for me. Okay. Okay. Nice. Nice. So I wanted to um, ask you, do you have any last words for um, our audience that are listening? And, you know, just like I said, a lot of Wahala you've experienced on, you know, your pathway to success and, and, you know, it really shaped you. So what, you know, are some of your last words and advice um, to give our audience or any favorite quotes, um, you know, or African proverb that you, that you want to share over to you, Seth. Okay, well, uh, this is my own uh, my own take on life, and it is that once you compromise your personal integrity, it is like trying to push your toothpaste back into the tube. You cannot undo it. Maintain your personal integrity as a human being and as a professional, and you will always be all right. Ooh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> That is excellent. So 
thank you, thank you, Sal, for 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 being my honorable guest on the the Wellness and Wahala podcast. If people wanted to get in contact with you, Sal, do you have um, any website? I know you're on LinkedIn. Um, can you provide your information? I'll also drop you know the information in in the bio of this podcast. But how can people reach you if they wanted to hear more? about you um, and, and, and get in touch with you. Over to you, sir. Sure. You know, the internet has made our world one giant village. Mm-hmm. So we, we are on the internet. <laughs> we are on the internet and uh, uh, our website is Neurology Clinic with Dr. Ida Wu um, and, uh, .com. and that is N-E-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y-C-L-I-N-I-C W-I-T-H with Dr. D-R-I-D-O-W-U.com. Dot com. Okay. So, neurology Clinic with Dr. Ben Ido.com. Our telephone number is 225-756-2180. And, um, and our email address is neurologistclinic305 at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you, sir. You are awesome. And I know that many people will be getting in touch with you. Um, God bless you for your great service, you know, and to saving lives, especially in the midst of this Wahala pandemic. I wanted to leave um, everybody with two African proverbs, of course, from Nigeria, because that's where you come from, um, the giant of Africa. And the first proverb says, even among ants, there are giants, because you are one of our giant heroes um, from Nigeria hailing from West Africa and, you know, starting off in Jaws. So God bless you. You know, ants, you know, are very smart and, you know, they might be small, but they're, uh, they're extremely mighty and strategic. And I think that your journey has been extremely empowering and you took a lot of strategic moves um, to get you to that pathway of success to become a neurologist and um, an ER medicine doctor. So thank you so much. The second proverb says, the water that you would drink from the river will not pass you. Once again, the water that you would drink from the river will not pass you. So, you know, the water, whatever is for you, is it's for you. You know, that's that's the meaning of that proverb. You know, the, the God-given destiny that God set for you, the dream um, is, is specifically to you. When you were born into this world, I love medicine, but, you know, God is, is, is the best scientist and doctor. Nobody comes with your fingerprint. You know, you came with your own unique fingerprint. You came with your own unique destiny. God created you for such a special time as this. There's no other. Dr. Benedict Idowu. Even if you have an identical twin, you guys are still very different. <laughs> so, so I, I just wanted to salute you, Sa, because you are one of our empowering VIP frontline heroes. And I wanted to thank you once again for being on the Wellness and Wahala podcast and sharing your important journey from you know Nigeria to America to the Caribbean region and back to the U.S. Like that is just, you know, amazing. So thank you so much for for all that you do. You know, you make a lot of sacrifices. I know both professionally and personally as, you know, you are a father and you are a grandfather, you know, so it it takes a lot to to work in this field and also, you know, give back and and spend time with your family. So kudos to, to you and also kudos to your wife because I always tell people, 
behind, you know, a hero king like you, there's always a queen, you know, that's standing there and, and motivating and motivating you. So kudos to your wife and to your family and to your aunties and uncles that helped you, you know, at the beginning of your education, as you said, it takes a village. So thank you so much, Sa. You are most welcome. The pleasure is truly mine. Thank you, Thank Dr. You. Thank you, sir. And Thank I wish you a blessed um, holiday season. Same to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Here's a song dedicated to Dr. Ido Wu, our frontline hero. It's called Good Job by Alicia Keys. And this is the remix by One Voice Children Choir. Um, especially during this COVID-19 Wahala pandemic. Kudos to you, Sa. And this song is for you.
thank you so much to our first responders, our healthcare workers, our mothers. Thank you to our moms and our dads. Thank you to our teachers who've helped us. We know it's been hard, but thank you. 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 Good job.